My name is Chris Dutchko, as I was introduced earlier. I am the 15-year teacher. This is my 15th year. The last 12 years, I have been a learning support teacher at Emmaus High School, which is located in Emmaus, Pennsylvania, which is right outside of Allentown, about an hour north of uh, Philadelphia. Uh, I did present in 2019, so it's my second time presenting here, obviously the first time in this uh, digital format here. Um, the, my presentation in 2019 was on differentiated performance tasks, so it was a, a big departure from what I did uh, then. Uh, since, it was the, since it is a tech conference, I do like to put in there that I'm Google Level 2 certified. Uh, what that means, uh, I'm not really sure right now because our district has kind of moved towards Schoology and some other stuff. So. All of the things that I learned in Google, um, I, I still know and, and can use. And then uh, the last thing and the reason why I think some of you are here, just kind of intrigued, is that I am the creator and the host of the Ninth Grade Experience, which I started in the spring of 2019. And I will give you um, a little bit of background for that. So I do see now I finally figured out that there are five people here. So that's great. Um, that'll give us a good opportunity to chat and to kind of open up for a little bit more dialogue here. So hopefully um, that's okay. I know one of the people that I saw in the chat did not respond with um, if they're okay. Actually, that person just left, so we don't have to worry about them now. So I guess maybe they didn't like that I was a Google Level 2 certified educator. Who knows? So, all right. So I'm going to go on to the next slide here, and this is where we're going to begin um, the audience participation part of our podcast. And uh, according to Brandy, who's one of our moderators here, she did open the cameras and microphones for all of you that are in attendance today. So that's going to be great. So you'll be able to uh, just easily participate. Um, we don't have to raise hands and do any of that other stuff. Uh, so this will be pretty good. So on my podcast that I host, um, it's for ninth grade students at Emmaus High School, and we focus on the experiences that they have. So every guest that I have on the show, the first question, whether they are an adult or a student, is asking them to talk about their ninth grade experience. So for our attendees that are here, uh, hopefully you are willing to share a little bit about your ninth grade experience. Um, you don't have to mention the year that you were a freshman, or you don't have to mention the school if you don't want to. Um, and I thought for fun for a tech conference, it might be fun to think about if you can remember what was the major technology at that time um, that you remember dealing with. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, I'm Haley Gunther. Can you hear me? I can. Thanks, Haley. Okay. Uh, and I went, I was a freshman a very, very long time ago <laughs> in a very tiny church school in Illinois. Uh, and my tech experience, I actually, the principal of this school, we had 18 students, freshman and sophomore year. Uh, our principal was actually a doctor who uh, spent his summers programming for IBM uh, right. in the 70s. And <laughs> so uh, the technology exposure I had, I actually got taken to a Hewlett Packard installation. So there was a uh, big room that we sat at terminals outside of that room and typed cobalt. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then our school actually had uh, a couple of pet computers. So if you want to see uh, original personal computers, Google pet, P-E-T computers, they ran on cassette tapes. And we did our programming on cassette tapes in uh, I think it was the early days of BASIC, but it might have been COBOL that we actually wrote the program in. 
Now it's, it's really interesting. And in, in this, I find this with the adults as well. They usually can draw back on those experiences and sometimes not all the time, it leads to where they are currently located in their profession or their life. And you're remembering all that with, and again, you may have thought about this before you came into the room based on the title of the podcast, but maybe you didn't, but you, it seems, you know, the vivid details that you remember from that, um, did that experience in your ninth grade year kind of shape how you, what you decided to do with the rest of your life? Uh, I, well, I, I was a classroom teacher uh, and I actually taught in a multi-graded classroom. Uh, I taught, in a, again, a small church school uh, in Michigan and there were five grades in one room and I taught a total of 12 students across those five grades. And someone donated an early Apple IIe computer to us. And I saw a girl who had never written more than three sentences in three years of school write a six-page story uh, just because she was in front of a keyboard and not having to manually write the story by hand. Uh, so I saw then and there how technology could transform learning for a student. And uh, I have embraced technology every chance I've gotten since then. And again, like I said, it was one of the very first Apple IIe's. So that dates me even further back. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm teaching her kids now. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah. So, and, uh, uh, and Haley, I'm sorry. We when you introduced yourself, you didn't tell us where you're from or what your current position is. But if you could I, just tell us what what you're what you're up to. Sure, I'm the instructional technologist at the Academy of the New Church High School in Bernathan, Pennsylvania. It's a small town just outside Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Academy of the New Church. I'm trying to figure out, like, like, uh, is that near like Chester County Way, or is it more? Uh, it's it's in the corner of Montgomery, but it's in the corner of Montgomery County, right where Bucks and Philadelphia and Montgomery County all come together. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I, uh, in, in a prior life, I was a sports writer for the daily local news in Westchester. And I, I kind of remember Academy of the new church is kind of, yep, we would somewhere... have played, we would have, we played in the friends league. So oh, okay. you would have, you would have heard of us there. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's awesome. And, and thank you so much for sharing. There will be more opportunities for you to share as you go forward. Um, we have some other people that have been joining us here. So we are doing a little bit different of a session here where we're trying to get some audience participation in. So if you are comfortable with our question that's up on the screen right now, describing your ninth grade experience, um, Kelly Enders did put into the chat that um, she talked about the major technology as the electric typewriter. So I think we, uh, we all kind of remember those kinds of things and have those experiences with different technology and how that was um, used in our schools. Um, Amy is checking in here in the chat as well too, saying big technology, Windows computer lab with a paper sign-up sheet taped to the door. Teachers breathing down our necks since we were only slotted for three days of quote final drafts in the lab. And I think uh, a lot of us have that experience too, where we had to go into a computer lab and we had to really kind of, the time was precious and the, you know, we were running on the windows computers and uh, I'm sure like uh, many of us in the room here are talking and thinking about like the computer carts that we used to have and, and signups and how that was kind of the biggest nightmare and an impediment to everyone kind of wanting to take the lab. So thank you very much to the people that have participated. Again, you can always unmute your microphone and unmute your camera here to kind of 
uh, chime in to the rest of the conversation here. Um, so thank you for the people that have been doing that. So it seems like we added somebody else into the mix here. So if, uh, if that person that just came in, I believe her name is Karen. If Karen would like to participate, um, feel free to uh, just join us into the chat or unmuting your, your camera and talking. So, um, so I'm going to move ahead here. So that was a good um, introduction. And I always up oh, uh, somebody, Karen did. Thank you. Chimed right in and said computers were non-existent. Um, and during her ninth grade freshman year. So um, it could have been that they were just not available in her school or computer. I don't know, Karen. So I don't know if computers were just not created at that point. Uh, that would be a long time ago. But again, remember, uh, Karen, we, you weren't here when we started. Um, <laughs> we were not going to tell how old anyone was. Nobody had to... Um, to, to list that, but I guess you kind of did, uh, give that away a little bit, but thank you for joining in and thank you for participating. Um, Oh, she's bold enough to put into the chat that it was 1975 was her, was her freshman year. So again, um, it's interesting when I do this with the people that I work with in my school district and in my school, um, we do get some people that, uh, that might be the furthest back that I've ever had anyone that's been on the podcast go. So I appreciate that. We have 1976 as well too. So really interesting. And, and we'll talk about the difference in tech and, and all that different stuff as we go forward here. So I want to make sure that we get to all of our questions here, um, as we go forward but I really appreciate all of the, um, the interaction here as well. So I'm just going to click forward here. Um, punch cards. Oh my gosh. That's, that's like, um, so Karen chimed in and said that the first computer she worked on had punch cards, which is interesting. That's like when I talk to students about like mimeograph paper or like the paper that was like pink and white and yellow. And then you had to like push really, really hard through and they cannot understand that concept of, um, of that. So uh, these cool old technologies here, it's really cool to hear these experiences. Um, <laughs> and, uh, there's lots of stuff going on in the chat here. And they, there was this Haley chimed in saying that she watched college classmates cry when they dropped their box, carrying the programs. And I can imagine that all the, all the hard work there that goes into that. So this, this presentation was going to be a little bit different, um, because, uh, I'm not going to go through like the nuts and bolts of podcasting. Um, there are many, many resources that will tell you which microphones to use and, you know, all the different little tips and tricks. But I, what I really liked to talk about is why, where did this idea come from? Why is it important? And, and why should anyone even care what we're doing? Um, so why, where did the idea come from? Uh, first off, I just, I love listening to podcasts and I wanted to start my own. Um, so what I did was I applied for an, a, an educational grant at my school. Um, and I won a thousand dollar grant and I did exactly what I'm telling you not to do is I, I went online, I found the podcaster, they had all their equipment listed. I went and bought all the equipment that I thought I needed. And now that we're in living in the COVID world, I don't use any of it because I do it all through zoom and through, through stuff like this. Um, so I thought of this idea for a show, um, because at our high school, we have 2,700 students. So it's a large high school. So I was trying to figure out the best way to get a, a narrow audience, but also trying to in, incorporate the most people. Um, I'm really big on students uh, owning their own story and telling it in their own words. And I think a podcast is a great way, whether it's an in-class activity or you know an extracurricular activity like I do, to be able for, to have students tell their own story. And they can edit it, they can add music to it, they can add all sorts of stuff to it, which I think is a really interesting uh, approach to getting them to tell their stories. 
And I've worked with ninth graders for a long time. And as if you've worked with high schoolers and ninth graders in particular, or even like sixth graders that are transitioning from elementary school, transitions are hard for all students. And that transition from middle school to high school is so difficult. Um, we expect students to come in and be basically young adults and they're still, you know, have a lot of the middle school mentality. So it's really hard and challenging. So we're really trying to balance all those different things. So that's where this idea for this podcast came from. And we've been growing it steadily ever since, since 2019. So it's time for some more audience participation here. So um, in a normal podcast, I would go through and I would ask people questions and, you know, obviously we'd go back and forth. And this is a little bit different of a format because A, I didn't know how many people would be here and B, I didn't know if people would want to participate. But this is a question that I that I think is important. And, you know, here we're here at Pete and C. So obviously we think technology is important uh, to our students. And, um, you know, we've talked about the idea of digital natives and all, and, and all this different th stuff. And then we've kind of seen through COVID here that what we thought students could do in technology maybe is not as much as we thought. So our question that we're going to look at here, and we'll get some audience participation in for this one, either in the chat, or again, you can definitely unmute and, and turn your cameras on and, and participate is what essential technology knowledge should students have before entering high school? And how can educators in elementary and middle school prepare students with these skills? Now, I didn't know if people from elementary would come or middle school would come. So that's why this question is based on that. But it could be even as a high school question as well, too. Since you're being brave, I will let you go first. Yeah, I, I mean, I, by the time the kids reach high school where I'm working now, they, uh, they pretty much know the basics of uh, word processing and various platforms that they can use to create basic media, uh, slides and, and documents and things like that. Uh, and we don't, at our high school, we don't do enough with technology to advance them. Uh, so uh, I, I think having that basic skill and then what we're, what we're having to ramp up big time is teaching them about a learning management system because they just haven't been exposed to that at, at our, at the schools that most of the schools that are feeding into us. Uh, you know, it's the homework's written on the board still and they're copying it down in their notebook and going home. Uh, so teaching them about a learning management system and how to access that and utilize the tools there. And that's a good point because I know in our in our school as well too, we are also um, in the process of teaching our students a new uh, learning management system. We shifted from Google Classroom, which we used uh, through last year, and this year we're we're in Schoology, so we're really kind of trying to teach them those skills as well too. But you did mention about like the basics, so like Google Slides and all the other things that kind of are the basics. But I really like what you said about you know, getting them to move beyond the basics. And I think actually it's coming up in a couple slides here is that like one of the things that I'm really passionate about um, is that, you know, students, every student has the ability to create content. Like every student has the ability to host a podcast. Every student, you know, they all are social media savvy. They all want to get the most likes on Instagram or TikTok and, you know, all those different things. And then when you ask them to do a basic skill on the computer, then they kind of freeze up and they don't want to do it or they don't know how, but they very easily figure out like how to, you know, do the things that they like to do on their social media platforms or, you know, playing a complex video game. So I think 
the students getting the basics here, um, it's really important. So I'm just going to go back and revisit the chat here. Um, there were some things that were coming in here. So Kelly um, uh, chimed in and said in her district, um, the focus is like how to use the Google tools, organize them, complete assignments using them. And again, the very basic skills, um, you know, so when they get to high school, hopefully they're ready to do that. Um, Amy checked in saying her must haves are the Google suite, obviously, uh, knowledge of creation tools, uh, problem solving skills. It's not always a tool, but you can always Google it. And that's a great one. Um, I did a very similar episode with our tech integration specialist at our own district earlier this year. And, um, you're going to see as we go forward here, a lot of the, the tech stuff isn't necessarily like, can I use this particular program? It is ha what happens if something goes wrong or how do I talk to people or how do I even use an email or write an email that doesn't, it's not in all caps lock all in the subject heading. So, um, good stuff there. Um, Amy kept checking in too. um, you know, dealing with, you know, karate at home, dinner time, husband working in the background and our students are dealing with the same things as well too at home. So we appreciate you hanging in here. Kelly, uh, said using canvas to access assignments, which is a learning management system. And Karen checked in canvas, Google tools, Microsoft knowledge and robotics with some coding. And I know at our elementary schools, they're doing a lot of the coding stuff. Um, <laughs> Haley chimed in with a little story saying she had a student pick up the Chromebook and type with his thumbs to set the password. So, you know, we get students at all different levels that are coming in and those are the basics. And then we're expecting the students to come in with the knowledge that they have and we're anticipating them to be creators and all sorts of other stuff here. Um, Bbots and Caterpillar. I'm assuming, I don't really know what those are. I teach at the high school level. Um, so I don't know what those are. If you want to add into the chat what Bbots and Caterpillar are, uh, I would appreciate that. Um, but again, those are, I think those might be like robotics type things, but I'm not 100% sure. But again, you know, everyone comes with some different knowledge and everyone's learning all these different tools and strategies. But to me, uh, one of the things of, um, making this go is kind of the general knowledge of how to be a good communicator, which is coming up in a little bit. So we have our sec, our next question here. Um, just trying to get a little bit more in about how can we encourage students during their ninth grade year to expand their ideas about the uses of technology and move from being merely consumers of media. And this is a big thing that I talk to students about all the time is like, you are, you're, you consume what everyone does. If you're on social media, if you're playing video games, if you're watching Netflix, you are just consuming everyone else's creation. So how can we help our students to understand that they can be the people that could potentially move this forward and they can be the content creators? I think, you know, in the next slide, I talk about like how have we've had to do so much content creation as teachers since March 12th of last year. Um, you know, learning how to do videos, learning how to do all these different things that I think it's really important for us to kind of help our students to become those content creators as well too. Um, what Karen said about giving back, um, I, I still have to go back and watch the Inky Johnson, um, keynote speech. And I know that Tom Murray was a part of that. Tom Murray's a local guy to where we are in the, in Pennsylvania. Um, he lives in the, in the school district right over from us. I've met him a couple of times. Um, super nice guy. And uh, I'm excited to during the week here to sit down and, and watch that from Inky. Uh, but paying it forward, getting people, getting students to think a little bit beyond like, 
you know, challenging them when they do any assignment that it could be for public consumption. Like, you know, it's not just the teacher looking at it. It's, it's all sorts of other people as well too. So I think moving that idea ahead, um, I'm reading here what Amy chimed in. She said, we need to get on their level and find things that they are motivated to do. And having a real audience is a great motivator and podcasting allows that easily. And I, I could not agree more with you, Amy. Like, I think one of the things that, you know, in 2021, I think students need to understand that the work that they do can be shared with anybody. They're, they're more than happy to share pictures of their breakfast on Instagram but if you ask them to share something that they write a, a paragraph, they find that they can't do that. And it's like, you know, we really want to encourage students to kind of think that everything that they do can be out there. And it's, it's really hard, but it's a great, great point there. Um, Haley's chiming in saying, help them find something they're passionate about. And that's huge. Like finding that thing that they're willing to um, put themselves out there to do and to, and to go forward with that. So I think that's really great. Um, Amy checked back in, like letting them have choice is a great motivator. Um, I'm sure there have been plenty of sessions this week about incorporating choice into your classrooms, using the choice boards, like Google slides, choice boards. Like, you know, I think everybody that's like an ed tech superstar, like loves choice boards. So there are tons of that out there, but I think having students, you know, tell their stories, I think that's great. And then hopefully you're getting a sense that like, if you've never listened to a podcast before, you know, kind of wondering what it was, or maybe you were just intrigued by, you know, the tweets that I sent out, if you've seen those, I don't even know, but, um, yeah. And then Kelly chimed in. It, it depends quite a bit on the climate and the student group. If they are very reluctant to make that shift, figure out what's the best way to do it. Perhaps it would be a good way to start for reluctant learners would have uh, creating be an option on a choice board, um, and scaffolding choices. And again, like, <laughs> I'm sure all of us have used Flipgrid in the, in the past time, you know, Flipgrid is just a mini, mini podcast, a mini recording. Like students are feel a little bit more confidence with Flipgrid and, and putting themselves out there. Why can't we start to get students like recording a one minute video instead of answering a 20 question multiple choice test? So I think, you know, using these tools to get students to communicate and to feel more comfortable sharing what they're feeling, I think is a, you know, the name of the game here. And I hopefully through the, what everyone's done the Petency this week, they kind of see that there's lots of tools out there, but you kind of have to remember as Tom Murray always says, go back to the why. And I think you hear that a lot is like, what, why do we want them to do that? And I think, you know, it, having that in and, and Haley, I guess on cue decided <laughs> she was going to come back in. So again, Haley, thank you for, for chiming in here. I was just going to share an experience I had last year. We had a, a teacher who was going out on extended leave and she had her, her class of students uh, write a speech and then record themselves giving that speech. And she asked me to come in and give the kids some tips on how to record themselves. They all had Chromebooks. So I said, look, just find somewhere with a lot with without a lot of extra noise. I said, you may find yourself sitting on the floor of your closet because the clothes will absorb the extra noise. And it turns out, you know, a month later we were on COVID and a lot of those kids emailed me and said, I'm sitting on the floor of my closet, Mrs. Gunther. <laughs> and that's, you know, and even like, you know, these little tricks of the trade here and kind of getting them to see like, you know, how many adults have spent you know, time in a little closet because that's the quietest place or this place that will have the least amount of noise. And I think that's really interesting to kind of point out is that like, that's part of the learning experience. Like I've said to our students a lot this year, like, I know a lot of people want 
school to go back to the way that it was on March 12th, but it's not going to necessarily go back the exact way that it was. And I think we have to start embracing some of these things. And, you know, no one really probably thought about like the acoustics of the room that they lived in. Um, but I think it's really, really a neat thing there. Um, but I really like the idea of recording the speeches. And then that way, you know, it's so much different than actually just having a kid write it down, like performing it and doing that. That's a podcast like that. That activity, I would say that if you just took everyone's recording and made it into a podcast and you put it out there, that's a that's a great way of dipping your toe in um, and just having that experience be there. Uh, Karen's checking in about personally, she would appreciate a better understanding of what it feels like um, politics in the future. So again, these are different ways of just kind of trying to encourage and kind of getting students to think about, you know, how they fit in, um, things that are important to them. Like obviously with everything that's been happening in our country over the last year or four years or eight years, however far back you want to go, you know, there a lot of students have a lot of feelings about that and, you know, getting them to be able to express that in a way that's positive, um, that they can, you know, really base what they're saying. In fact, it's really um, great, great for students to be able to do. So we do have one last question um, as we're kind of rapidly approaching our end here. And again, thank you so much for everyone that's been participating and chiming in with all the different answers here. But the last question here is by the end of a, by the end of high school, by the end of a high school student's career, their relationship with technology should be dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so I think this is a really big overarching question. Um, obviously we have only a few minutes left, so we're not going to solve this problem, this question right away. But I just like to think about where should we have students be by the end of this? Like uh, the response from Amy in the chat is, Oh dear. So hopefully I, uh, that doesn't, you didn't get karate chopped at home. Um, but yeah, it's, that's a huge question. And I put it out there just because, you know, we and we expect students to be, I think by the end of high school, pretty tech savvy. And whether it's the ability to record a podcast or to record themselves on video or, you know, to be able to produce a really awesome Google slide or a, uh, a Google drawing flyer, the old uh, travel brochure uh, assignment that we've all done, you know, taking the travel brochure and making it digital. Um, you know, I think those are things that we all think about. Um, Kelly chimed in in the chat here saying something that they are comfortable to use in the real world, whatever, wherever that path takes them. And honestly, not scared of technology. And I, I hope of everything that's kind of happened with, with the last couple of years, like students hopefully are not afraid of technology. Uh, Haley, on the other hand, says hopefully uh, are maybe thinking that the students of this class will pursue things without screens. Maybe they're just so tired of it. And maybe that is the case, but it's funny. I'm sure those same kids that are tired of screens are still going to go play video games and do all the other stuff that they've been doing. I know that's kind of a generalization, but I think that's one of those things where, you know, what are they tired of? Are they tired of learning, you know, from their house? Are they tired of like literally looking at a screen the entire time? Um, I, I just think there's a lot of interesting conversations that go around that. Um, Amy just chimed in after her, oh dear. So hopefully she's okay now. Um, it says it will always be a complex one that changes each day. The problem solving skills we help our students acquire should assist with the ever changing world around us. And I really like what you kind of put in there, Amy. And I'm going to just move forward to the next slide here because I think it talks a lot about that. And it's basically that it's never like, it's not about the tech. Like I know that all the students have to have the, the basic knowledge of all the different stuff. But to me, 
it's not about the tech. It's about the problem solving and it's about communication. Um, and I think by the time that we, um, by the time we learn something, it, it's basically obsolete. Like for adults, like, you know, when I started finding out about TikTok, like it wasn't cool anymore. Um, it's like all these different things. And I think that's really great, great point to kind of, you know, uh, kind of begin closing us out on here. Karen said uh, a healthy opportunity respectfully and a job related market. So it's like, you know, trying to really think about how this applies and how they can use it and what are the skills that they're going to need to be using. And Haley, Haley's back. She's, she wants to make sure he gets to the final word in here before, before the end of our session here. Uh, I just want to circle back to where I started, which was with my freshman year where I got exposed to the the big Hewlett Packard computer and the terminals outside. And the fact that that helped me as I moved through my life to be willing to explore all the technology as it came along, uh, I was never afraid to type onto a keyboard that I was going to break something. And uh, so many of my class, so many of the people my age were that way. So uh, I think exposure is a big piece of it. And, uh, and I, I, and I agree with you so much. And like, even though like, I feel pretty comfortable with the technology, I still don't type, like I, I never had the typing class. So I'm like the hunt and peck typer, but like, I don't even know, like I, I have a, a, a student, I have a son in seventh grade, a daughter in fifth grade and a daughter in second grade. And they do a lot of typing with their thumbs. They don't like, it's going to be interesting to see how they develop um, as they go through and use the different skills and, and all those different things. Like the things that we value as teachers now, like I don't even know if students that are in the younger grades um, are going to need to have and acquire those skills. Like it's funny, like all the students have iPads in our district that like up till a certain grade and like, at what point are they learning how to type on a, a keyboard? And this is the same age where we're wondering, well, are they going to learn cursive? So like all of these different things that they're learning about um, and, and kind of going through there. And I think um, I like Karen uh, referred to Howard Stern. So I, you know, our podcast here, our little episode that we're creating, uh, you know, if it has any of the, the, the legs that Howard Stern show has, that would be amazing. But, you know, he started off an entirely different way and he's developed over time, you know, developed his, you know, his, to his audience, he's developed, he's been a little bit more, you know, mainstream ish, um, not as shock jockey, but now kind of like the guy that can host America's got talent. Like when he first started to, to think that he would have been on national TV hosting a show is just kind of blows my mind a little bit. Um, but again, you know, I think this, this conversation with all of you, I think it's been really awesome to see where we kind of can all think and, and take this idea of how students and technology should be integrated in. Um, and I just think that the real purpose of technology is to improve everyone's ability to communicate. And I think, you know, hopefully we see that that's been really crucial, um, there as well. So I did share this, um, it's in the Petency notes, but I can also share it on here before, um, before you go as well too. Um, he's softened and I see that the smiley face there, you know, I guess when you sign deals on, um, a serious XM for hundreds of million dollars, that, that could help you soften up a little bit too. But, you know, it's really cool to see how he's kind of developed in those kinds of things. And he's one of those people that's like a giant of the recording industry there. So as we kind of come up here, I know that at some point Brandy's going to wave her hand cause we're down to about three minutes here. But, um, 
I used this two years ago and I really liked it. And again, um, it's a 30, 60, 90. What do I do with all this? Like, this is something you've been at all these sessions all week, really, um, really, you know, trying to think, how do I do this? What do I do with all this? I have like so much knowledge. How do you do this? Um, so this is what I put in there for 30, 60, 90. So for, within 30 days of whenever you decide, come up with an idea, find people interested in recording, figure out any technology, brainstorm ideas, and outline a structure for your show within 60 days. So that's two months. Start recording. Your first episode is not going to be great. If you go on and say, hey, uh, um, if you go on to Siri right now and just say, hey, Siri, play ninth grade experience, and you listen to that first episode, it's not it's good, but it's not as good as some of my later ones. And you know, everyone always has that story about starting. Um, and then 90 days in be, be consistent, try to record as often as you can once a week, once every two weeks. And what I would say is don't give up. If people don't listen right away, there are episodes that I put out that get 10 to 20 listens. And then there are some that get more. And, um, I think that's just one of those things. Um, that you just kind of have to do it and remember your why for doing the show. I appreciate all of you uh, sticking around. I, I've read some of the the, the comments here. Uh, thank you. Again, there were five people here. Um, but again, when you have a conversation where people are really exchanging ideas, you know, maybe it's not the 5,000 person keynote, but I think hopefully some of you will get a little bit of something out of this. So I really appreciate everyone taking the time.